This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Usually on a Mother's Day, we give a rose to the mother and we celebrate them and then we preach a message. And sometimes on Father's Day, we honor the fathers and, and then preach a message differently. And Pastor Tom asked me today on Father's Day to preach on fathers. So our message today is going to be on fathers. Our series is Momentum, and Pastor Tom says the fathers present the momentum in the family, and fathers present the momentum in the church. And so today we will be speaking on fathers, and I'm going to talk on five different fathers. First of all, our Heavenly Father, which is for all of us. Secondly, an earthly father who adopts children. Thirdly, our Heavenly Father who has adopted us. Fourthly, our spiritual father of this house. And the last father, you that are sitting there who are fathers. Our first scripture is John 3.16. We're going to talk about our Heavenly Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why did God create the world? Why did he create the flowers, the animals, the trees, a glorious world. He created it for one purpose, and that is he created it for you. And he placed us here in this world for one other purpose. The world was created for you, but then you were created for him. God wanted a people. God wanted someone to love and to cherish and God himself is love. The most important thing about God's love is in Jeremiah 31.3. It's an everlasting love. And it's... The Lord hath appointed and... Boy, my eyes are getting bad, aren't they? The Lord hath appeared unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I drawn thee. An everlasting love. I want to talk about the love of God, because the love of God is something that we do not understand. You think you do, but you don't, because you're seeing it through natural eyes. The word of God says the love of God is everlasting, and the love of God is un conditional love the Bible says he loved us when we were sinners unconditionally he loved us he loved you when you're good he loves you when you're bad he loves you when you're up he loves you when you're down he loves you no matter what he has no conditions he just loves you now we can't hardly understand that you can 
be in a position where you stand there and say, I, there's no such thing as God. I don't care. I don't want you, God. You can swear at him and say, get away. Get, leave me alone. He still loves you. Unconditionally. You see, it's hard for us to understand, isn't it? Oh, God, push off. I don't want you in my house. He still loves you. He's not going to push off. He's going to be long-suffering, waiting for you to come to repentance. Because he loved you so much, he sent his son to die so that you could have everlasting life. You can't be good enough for God. You can try your very best. So I'm a really good person. I'm honest. I do everything right. So... That's the reason God loves me. He doesn't love you for anything you do. He just loves you. Can you understand that? He just loves you. And he wants you. He created this whole world just so that he could love you. Do you understand that? No other purpose. No other reason. He didn't create it so that Man could send a spaceship and walk on the moon, and I must say that is glorifying to God. If he could put two people naked in the garden with nothing but few leaves, and one day they fly to the moon and step on it, is that not glorifying to the creator who created those two? Yes. But that wasn't his purpose. Just to love you. Unconditionally. Now, we love conditionally. Our love depends on everything else except unconditionally love. How can I prove that? Well, I've got lots of young men I've raised. And they'll talk about getting married. And their wife has got a Look like this, act like this, be like this, treat me like this. What are those conditions? Isn't everything in our life conditional? And then they fall in love and they get married and it's so wonderful and they hear their voice and their stomach has butterflies and it is glorious. And 50% wind up divorced. 50%. I can't stand her. I don't want to see her. I don't even want to talk to her. I don't stand him. I don't want him in my life. Get him out of my life. Didn't you say you loved him? Didn't you stand be here with Pastor Tom and stand in front of him and say, till death do us part? Break it. Sever it. Why? Because they didn't meet your conditions. Come on, say amen. You know that's the truth. You, can, you love by condition. But they didn't do this and they didn't do that and they wanted this and they wanted that. It's all conditional love. All of us operate on conditional love. So isn't it hard to understand a God who loves us despite all the things we do despite everything we say, despite where we go, despite how we feel. He just loves us unconditionally love. It's overwhelming. 
Our friendships, our friendships are conditional. Come on, you know that there's people you won't even speak to. We love those who say the right things. Those are our friends. Those who give us things. Those who treat us nicely. Who meet our conditions. They're our friends. What does Jesus say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Unconditional love. If you could ever grasp loving unconditionally, it'll change your life. Wouldn't it be wonderful for a husband just to say, I just love you. I do, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if your cooking is good. It doesn't matter if your cooking is bad. It doesn't matter if you sweep the floor. It doesn't matter. I just unconditionally love you. And wives, wouldn't it be the same if husband comes home and, oh, all he wants to do is read the newspaper? No unconditionally love him. Can't you learn that from God that we don't have to put conditions in our love? And that's our Heavenly Father. Father's Day. First point, he unconditionally loves us. Secondly, everything was conditional in love. Romans 8, 38 and 39 Wish I had some long distance glasses. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Unconditional. Unconditional. Why don't you go home today and say, I'm going to try to practice unconditional love. You're going to find out how hard it really is. Then number two, our Heavenly Father gives us unconditional forgiveness. There's no conditions. There isn't anything you can do to warrant his forgiveness. There isn't anything you can say. He sends his son to shed his blood to forgive you of your sin. And he unconditionally forgives you. Now that's called grace. The grace of God that is shed abroad in our hearts. But I like to make it, grace is kind of a, such a broad thing I like to bring grace down to saying this, forgiveness in advance. He's already forgiven you for the things you're going to do this week that you shouldn't. He's already forgiven you for the mistakes you're going to make. He's already covered you with his blood. He reached down and he picked you up in his hand and he loved you. And he held you under a cleansing scream, stream of the blood of Jesus that washed all that off. And then with his own breath, he blew you dry. And then he holds you in the hollow of his hand. And the word of God says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. 
Nothing will take you out of his hand. All those things listed, you're there. You're not perfect, but he loves you. You make mistakes, you're forgiven in advance because you're held in your father's hands. God, our heavenly father. Second father, I want to talk about, and I've changed the order because I think it would be clear for you to understand, is a father who adopts. I think I have a son here who wants to call me, wish me Father's Day. Derek, are you there? Oh, you went to put your coat on. I love you, son. Unconditionally. <laughs> 32 years ago, God sent Derek into my life. You can go. Along with 23 others. 30 years ago, I was made Father of the Year in my hometown in Canada with a plaque and a key to the city for adopting 23 kids who have grown up and all are serving God. And so our... The next point was going to be Heavenly Father adopting us. But I put this first because if you can see what adoption really is in the natural, you can have a picture of what adoption is in the spirit. Adoption here in this time and age is the legal step by which a person is made a member of the family as if they had been born into that family with all the rights and privileges of a biological child. I've got two more adopted sons sitting right there. Come up, guys. Wish your dad happy Father's Day. I love you. This, this is Elisha, my youngest, and I love you. This is Emmanuel, my oldest son. And uh, we're going <laughs> to, thank you. <laughs> we're going to talk about adoption. You can go, guys. Adoption is a door whereby a child who is not a biological child, enters into the family and becomes a son or a daughter. These are not adopted sons. These are sons. I want you to understand that because I want to draw a parallel of in the natural and then in the spirit. And so they're not adopted anymore. They came and now they are sons. And I love them unconditionally as sons. 
I have never talked about my background with all the stories that I've told you. But I will just for this, just today. I wasn't born rich. I wasn't born middle class. I was born in poverty. My father, when I was born, developed a rare disease and became bedridden when I was just a little guy. And so my mom had to go out and get a job and what she could do would be a waitress in a restaurant. And so we lost the place that we were living because there was no income from dad and dad's medicine was costing money. And so we lived and moved into a place that many of you can identify with when I say a room. A room that was my bedroom, a room that was the living room, a room that was the eating room, a room that we lived in. And I slept in that room with my brother and that little room was our home and our house. I took my boys, my four natural sons to Canada once and I wanted to trace my steps and so I went to the address where I was, by the way, I lived there for 13 years. And I went to the address and I knocked on the door and, and this lady came and I said, I'm sorry, I don't want to disturb you. I'm Pastor Danny. These are my sons. We lived in Africa, but I was raised 13 years in this room. I like my boys to see that. And she hesitated and she said, yes, come in. And I didn't remember that the room was so small, five of us could not go in at one time. So I went in with a couple, and they, they had to go out, and I went in with the couple, and then they had to go out, and that was my little room. Many of you live in one room. You know what I'm talking about. But then, food was a problem. Everything was a struggle. You know what we had for sweets instead of cake? And my mother would butter bread, cut it up in little squares, put it in a bowl, sprinkle sugar on it, and a little bit of milk. And that was our dessert. That's all the dessert I knew for a long time. I could go in town and stand outside the bakeries and look in the glass windows at all the cakes and everything that was in there, but I didn't know what they tasted like because my mom struggled because of the condition of my dad, sick, lying there in the same room. And my brother and I, as we got bigger, we had to take care of our father. And we looked after him. So, standing here, don't think I can't relate. I can relate. I can relate. Fortunately, when I was 13, they developed a cure for my father's disease. My mom put him through the treatment. In about four months, he got a good job. Now with two incomes in the house, a year later, we were able to move into our first house. And I finally had my own bedroom. Now, let me stop right there.
I'm not going to embarrass my sons, but I'm going to tell you that my two sons were also raised by just a mom. I had a dad, but my dad was sick, so he, we were taking care of him. They had a dad, but he passed away when they were little guys. And my sons were raised in one room. And that room was also their living room and their bedroom and their eating room and their everything room. And their mom worked very, very hard. And loved her boys and raised her boys and served God. Unfortunately, mom got cancer. They did what I had to do. Instead of young boys being out with the gang of other young boys playing, they had to take care of their mom. And it wasn't long before mom couldn't even get up off the floor and the boys had to pick up their mom and take care of their mom. And when I got into the picture and acquainted and saw the situation, I, I started to take groceries. And so I was there to help. I'm old now. I was old, 75 then. I'm older now. I won't tell you how old. <laughs> and I would take them to, when mom had to go to hospital, I'd go with my car and to that little room and take mom to the hospital. And, and when mom needed medicine, I would take mom and get them things and bring groceries. Because I was relating 100% to what they were going through. I was reliving my childhood. Knowing, boys, I know how you feel. Boys, I know what you're going through. Then, unfortunately, time came when mom went to heaven. And they were left alone. The mother that loved them so much had left them alone. I thought, well, okay, Danny, I'm old. I'm 75 then. I'll, I'll pay the rent. I'll buy them groceries, I'll pay their school fees, and, and I'll see them through high school. And so I took groceries there. They went home, and one night I was praying, and the Lord said, go get those boys and bring them home. You know my favorite scripture, Psalms 139.16. The Lord said, I knew you before you were born. Every day of your life was written in my book before the first day began. And God knew that one day these two boys was going to have to bury their mother. And he said, don't worry, boys. I got an old man waiting in the wings. And I went to the boys, boys, how would it be if I adopted you? They said, yes, yes. Now we were talking about adoption. I just did some background there. Adoption means that these two boys came into my home, and now they are sons. Not adopted sons, real sons. Pastor Bonnie will remember when they came, they were small then, and the first Sunday, Pastor Boney and Pastor Tom took them in the pastor's lounge there and 
hugged them and welcomed them and said, this is part of your family and this church is part of your family. And they were welcomed. Now, they came to my house in Borodale. Elisha has his own room. Emmanuel has his own room. They don't sleep on the floor. They sleep in beds with nice warm blankets. They've both got a laptop. They've both got a t tablet. They've both got name brand cell phones because they're my sons. You understand that? Because they're my sons. They're not just kids that I adopted. They're sons. And when they came to the house, I said to them, boys, this is your home. And nothing you can do or say will ever take you out of this home. Nothing you can ever do will take you out of my hands or out of my heart. Because I learned from the word of God, unconditional love. And I love you unconditionally. And you belong here. And you will stay here. Boy, when they first started to eat, they loved everything they eat. <laughs> Elisha likes chocolate ice cream. Emmanuel likes vanilla ice cream. I'd buy a tub of ice cream. The next day, they'd be empty in the sink. So I bought the big squares, you know, mom's dad, you know those big squares of ice cream, big chocolate square and a big vanilla square. Every time I'd open the freezer, it would down, 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 down. <laughs> Sunday, I don't want to go home and cook. We don't have a cook, I'm the cook. So I go home and cook. But Sundays after church, I go out. And so the first Sunday we went out, hamburgers and chips in a restaurant. And then the next, chicken and chips. And then Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then Chinese food. And then pizza. These were in the early days. Because I'm their dad and it is my pleasure to pour good gifts to my children. I hope, you're seeing a par I hope you're seeing the parallel here. I'm talking about a parallel here. All that I have is at their disposal. It's for them. Their closet is full of nice clothes. They've got a cabs card in their pocket to go and buy a my chocolate cake after church. They ride to church with me in a great big S-Class Mercedes. Because I'm their dad, I enjoy, it's my pleasure. Can you understand that I love them unconditionally? It's my pleasure. You say, oh, you're spoiling them. No, no, wait, no. A father just doesn't give, a father teaches. My boys know that when I was 15, I started to tithe for my first job. I have never missed a tithe in 70 Nine years. Well, no, I was started at 15. 
I started at 15, so let's chop off 15. But I say, boys, you're enjoying this nice home in Bordeaux because I tithed. They tithe, I see them tithe from their allowance, they sit there. And we feed widows. Old women who have no one in this world to care about them, we're the only ones. We find them starving and alone, and ever since my boys came, they go with me to feed the widows. This is what I buy for each of them, every 10 days. They have to eat all the time. Roller meal, sugar tea, milk, rice, sugar beans, meat, lacto, candles, matches, bath soap, laundry soap, meat. Used to be candles were three dollars. Used to be milk was two, tea was two, three, sugar was three, four. You know, we all live in the, go in the same grocery stores. Now, and on Friday when we fed them, the milk was 15, the tea was 10, the sugar, the roller meal was 23, the meat is 39 a kg, up and up and up. But I want you to know this. They eat first. Before we buy our groceries, all those widows' food is bought first and taken to them and then what is left over, we have for our groceries. And, I want, and they know that because we feed them first, all of our groceries are supplied and provided. They're still eating. They're still eating well. They dress smart too. You should see them on, you should have seen them at action. They shined. Every one of our widows, this is so close to my heart. If you will remember the December 23rd message I preached that Jesus said, I was hungry and you didn't feed me and I was naked and you didn't clothe me. He didn't say there were some people hungry. He didn't say there were some people naked. He said, I was. And if you do it to them, you do it to me. So in the beginning of winter, all of our widows got new dress New jersey, new shoes, new headscarf, new lapa, and new winter coat. And because we give them first, look at the way we can dress. Look at the way we can dress. I said we drive in a big Mercedes. I want you to know that I've given five cars away in my life. Every time God speaks to me, I gave them a word. And he kept giving me a bigger one, a bigger one, a bigger one, a bigger one. Because you cannot outgive God. So I'm not spoiling them. I'm teaching them to give. Because if I could teach them to give, and they do. I, I got real Nike shoes for Emmanuel, I mean Elisha and and, and a top to match when I was overseas, the real thing. <laughs> and 
One day I said, where's, that, where's those Nikes in the top I got you, the, the real ones? He said, I gave them away to somebody who needed them. I didn't say, you know how much money I spend on those things and you give them away? I said, in my heart, thank God the boys are learning that it's what they give away that they keep. It's what you sow that brings the blessing. And now we have a Kenya tour coming up. You know, I want to take my boys to Canada to meet the rest of their relatives and their aunts and uncles as soon as I can get a passport for Elisha. So you know what? We're going to sow into the Kenya trip. If I sow into the Kenya trip, I know that when we want tickets to go overseas, those tickets will be there. You've got so many opportunities in this house to sow into the kingdom of God and reap blessings back on you that you can't hardly contain. I've got only a few minutes, so I want to talk about God who adopted us. I have a Bible dictionary that gives meaning of things in the Bible. And this is what the Bible, I, I copy this from the Bible dictionary. Adoption in the Bible is the act of God whereby a person is made a member of the family of God as if that person had been born into that family with all the rights and privileges of God's own son, Jesus. Can I say that again? We are adopted into the family of God with all the rights and privileges as a son and as a daughter equal with Jesus Christ. Let's have the scripture. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. According to he has chosen him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ according to his good pleasure and good will. And the second one that goes along with that, John 1, 12. But as many as receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you to be his son. He chose you to be his daughter. That's why I said the whole purpose of building and creating this world was so that you can be his son and you can be his daughter. And the Bible says that we being evil give good gifts unto our children, how much more the heavenly father will give unto you. Do you see yourself as a brother and a sister of Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself as having a father God who loves you, who if you think I've given things to my boys that I love, you have no idea that what God is giving to you that he loves as a father. He's giving you everything. He gave his son to die, to wash you clean. And then he says, you will be my son. 
you will be my daughter. We're running out of time, so I want to quickly go to the f next father. Our spiritual father, Pastor Tom, his beautiful wife, Bonnie. It is the will of God that we have a spiritual father. A spiritual father who teaches us, who breaks the word of God, who shares the word of God, and then we share it to our family. And Pastor Bonnie. I love Pastor Bonnie. I'm going to tell you a story about Pastor Bonnie. When we were little, when my guys were little guys, and theirs were little guys, we went to Kariba for a holiday, and I hadn't really, you know, when you live with somebody, you go on holiday with somebody, you really get to know them. And first thing Pastor Bonnie did was, for dessert, made four lemon pies. One, two, three, four, out of the recipe book. There were four recipes. She made four pies. Then she cut each a sliver of each four and said, now, I want you to taste, and let's find out which is the best one. And she would find the best one and scratch the other ones out, and that's the one she was going to use. I think she's done the same thing with her chocolate cakes. My boys go somewhere, they order a chocolate cake, they eat half of it. They said, this isn't any good, Dad. And they see a nice one in the window at a restaurant, no, chocolate cake. No, okay, I'll try it. No, they want a Mai's chocolate cake from Connections. Because Bonnie's probably baked all the chocolate cakes in that book and determined that this is the best one. Now, I learned from Pastor Bonnie. The boys wanted spaghetti. There were six recipes in the book. So I've made, this is number one, try this, they're laughing. This is number two, this is number three, and we're working on which one they like the most. And I learned that from Pastor Bonnie. But I learned much more than that. I learned the reason that she did it is because she wanted the best. And then as I got pastored by Pastor Bonnie and Pastor Tom through the years, I realized that Pastor Bonnie wants the best for us. Not just chocolate cake, not just lemon. Pastor Bonnie wants us. She wants us, the best for us. Pastor Bonnie has a spiritual insight into the gifting that people has. She has a spiritual insight to see your potential she has a spiritual insight to know that you can do better. And that's what she spends her life doing, helping us to become better. Wanting us to reach our full potential. Wanting us to really operate in our gifts completely. Look at what she did with the celebrated children. Now, if you don't think she worked your fingers to the bone, taking all those children to Europe to do a violin tour. She didn't do it for Bonnie. She developed, developed those kids to develop their potential, to develop their future. She wants the best. She's taking a group now to Kenya. 
to sow and expand the kingdom of God. But she's doing it to bring out the best. Bring What an opportunity for you to sow into this. I hope that you'll go to that desk after service and give something. Because when you develop others, you get developed yourself. And I learned that from her. And when I get a garden boy and I could see his potential and I don't want this kid to be a garden boy the whole of his life, so I'll send him and teach him a trade. And, and then I get another one and he came to church here and got saved. And so I'm paying his way through Bible school so that he can go on. I, I want to do that. I want to develop people. I learned that from Pastor Bonnie. But our spiritual father, Pastor Tom, it's summed up in these words. Building people, building dreams. Pastor Tom, our spiritual father, is interested in building us up. Now, I've been overseas and I've seen other pastors and they, they build some big elaborate type of a building and there's their name on the top of it and for to memorialize them after they're dead, their name is always on the building and wow, look what they built. Our pastors are saying, wow, if we can help you build your dreams, if we can help you build people, this is their heart. Thank God for our spiritual father today on Father's Day. Thank God for our spiritual mother. My time is up and the last one was you as fathers. I hope, I, I, in the last few minutes I have, I would say this, that every father who stood up, I would hope and pray that you would come to our building children God's way. Where we teach you how so very important it is that you love your children and that you tell your children that you love them and that you tell your children you're proud of them and for two days, we will teach you steps so that one day you can stand and say, I raised 25 kids and all of them are serving God. It just doesn't happen. There are tools you can use to make it happen. Now it's Father's Day and my time is up. I want you to contact your father today and tell him that you love him. Oh, you're estranged from your father. Why are you estranged? Conditions. Come on, there were conditions. The next thing you're estranged and you're not talking. But we're going to be unconditional from now on, aren't we? We're going to love our enemies unconditionally. We're going to love those that despitefully use us. We're going to love those who abuse us. Those who do us wrong because we're going to emulate the unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness of God. I'm almost 80 now. One day, you will be coming, and I will be in a box right there. Pastor Bonnie will sing, and Pastor Tom will preach. I know, I, 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 you can look back at the beginning of your life. I'm looking at the end. 
and my sons are going to come, all of them, and say, I love you, Dad. Put their hand on my... I love you, Dad. I won't hear it. I'll be singing in glory with Jesus. I'll be singing Bonnie's songs up there. But I don't want to hear that. I want you to tell me while I'm alive. I want you to find your dad. I want you to put your arms around him. And I want to say, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for raising me. Oh, he didn't do a perfect job. Who does? Which one of us doesn't? And he may have made mistakes. And, and he did things he wished he didn't do. And he said things he wouldn't, wished he hadn't said. But now, it's, we're, now we're an unconditional loving church. Now we're an unconditional forgiving church. Come on. So you can put your arms around him and say, I love you, Dad. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org. Do that for me today.